Hallelujah. I think we're recording now. Amen. Sure could use some help in the sound booth if anybody feels a overly desirable, uh, desirable, op, you know, any just real zeal to work in the sound booth. That would be absolutely fantastic. Amen, 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 amen. To me, one of the most interesting scriptures in all the Word of God is this. In the beginning, God created. And when we reflect on what God did in the beginning, the creation, and we look around and we see what all God did, In the beginning, it's pretty amazing. Now, you can't do this in Faraday, sis, but you can do it right here. Amen. This is what God did right here. Y'all move out of the way. Let me roll this. No, I'm joking. (laughs) Roll this door up. Have you ever just kind of looked around and been like, where did all this come from? God. Which tells me one thing, Sister Shara. For God to get his work done on earth, he don't need any of us. Now, I've, I've, uh, I've got some salespeople that work for me, have worked for me in the past, the uh, of uh, the years and years in time, and even currently, I got I had a salesperson just this week tell me, "Now, if such and such happens and so and so happens, I'm just going to go home." And you know what my response was? I started this thing before you got here. I mean, I didn't say it, but I'll tell you what I said. I started this thing before you got here. I'm twenty times the better salesman than you ever dreamed of being. And if you want to leave, you can leave. Now, I didn't quite say it like that. I was more diplomatic. And I said, well, that's fine. That'll be okay. But say amen. How many of you have ever quit a job or left a job and said, I just don't know how in the world they're going to make it without me? Huh? All that stuff I did for them, I just don't know how in the world they're going to make it without me. My mom worked for the state attorney's office of Florida for how long? And I don't know how in the world they've made it without her. She retired how long ago? She retired a long time ago, but you ain't going to believe it. There's still a state attorney's office in Florida. They have managed to make it without her. (laughs) Generally speaking... We think more highly of ourselves than we ought to, which we have been forewarned, forewarned not to do in the Word of God. Because the Bible tells us that we are flawed. The Bible kindly and unkindly sometimes expresses to us just how flawed we are. But the truth is God does not need us to be perfect to get his work done. Somebody say amen. Here's the reality. I've, I preached this a few months ago. I hate the new iPhone. 
just to let y'all know. It's got this dumb face recognition thing on it. And uh, I guess my face sometimes is unrecognizable. Amen. But the truth of the matter is, is that even though God does not need us, and his work is perfect, because God is perfect, and his love is perfect, and his truth is perfect, and everything about him is perfect, even though God does not need us, Sister Yon, he still chooses to work through imperfect vessels. So, Sister Yon, you know, we had a great Bible study. If you missed our Panera Bread Bible study Wednesday night, you missed out. We had a great Bible study, didn't we? Brother Corbin did a great job leading us in a, in a great Bible study Wednesday night. Hallelujah. And, 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 and we talked a little bit about this, and we discussed a little bit about this. But, and a few months ago, I preached a little bit about this. But it's time for us to stop holding people to a standard that God doesn't even hold us to. I say amen. It's time to stop holding yourself to a standard that God doesn't even hold you to. You're not going to receive any more grace today than you did 2,000 years ago at Calvary. When you wake up, hallelujah, His grace is new. His mercy is sufficient. Now, should we frustrate the grace of God Because God has given us so much grace. God forbid is what the word says. Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. The reality is, because you've received so much grace and God has chosen you to work in his kingdom, the reality is that we ought to be doing double time and triple time to see his work Get done. Now, what is the work of God? That's a very interesting question, isn't it? What is the work of God? In Mark chapter 5, verse 19, Jesus said, But he said unto him, Go home to your people and report to them. So, Sister Casey, what is the work of the Lord? Telling the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Being a conduit of the gospel. Not just in word, but also in deed. Somebody say amen. To not just be hearers of the word, but the Bible says we ought to be what? Doers of the word. And I'm not talking about that non-alcoholic drink, doers. How many ever heard of doers, non-alcoholic beverages? No? Okay. Just me. I'm sorry. But we ought to be conduits of the gospel. We ought to be salt And we ought to be light. Now, a lot of y'all think that salt and light 
might be the external. Somebody say praise the Lord. Some of us may express to others or express to one another or or assume to ourselves that salt and light has to do with the external. Now, y'all know what I believe and y'all know uh, how firm I am on holiness and how we ought to live separated and, 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 and divided from the world. That way we can be identified for who we are and what we are and what we believe. You all know what I believe, but the, the salt thing is what gets me. See, Brother Coulter, salt has to do with taste. Salt has to do with an effect on the palate. Got this gentleman that works for me. He'll sit down at a restaurant. Before he takes a bite, he will grab the salt shaker and he will do this. I mean, just salt it out. And then I have heard him say, I kid you not, at the very same meal after he ate it, this meat's too salty. And I want to take my shoe off and just chuck it at him right in the restaurant. But salt has everything to do with the palate. You see, God said you are to be salt. Salt doesn't help itself. Salt doesn't help its own palate. Salt is what helps someone else's digestion of what they're getting ready to consume. How many of you think that Christianity is easy? Raise your hands. It's not easy. But the salt is what helps the people digest what they're getting ready to consume. And what God has broke us down to is that I want you to be salt. I want you to be pleasing to other people's palates. That's that's a pretty hefty job, isn't it? How can I be appealing to somebody else's appetite even though the gospel of good news is great but the commitment to it is what gets people somebody say praise the lord a few a few weeks ago 3 weeks ago I was in the Walmart right over here in Horn Lake and I had a lady pastor pastor and she stopped me and I promise you I had no idea who it was I had no idea and she had a friend with her And I kid you not, she said, oh, this is my pastor. I go to his church. And I'm sitting there and I'm like. I don't know you. And because her friend was right there. I didn't want to say. Who are you? Where have we met? But I assume she's come through one of our community events and received a great touch from the Lord and 
She said, now that is my church right there. Right there, that is my church. And every time she drives by this church, she points and she says, now that is my church. And when she sees me at Walmart, she says, now that is my pastor. I mean, she's got a church. She's got a pastor. But he doesn't even know who she is. Because the concept of Christianity is great, but the commitment to Christianity is also another thing. The commitment to the gospel is a different thing because the commitment to the gospel is actually a commission, which is called the great commission, which means to go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel. But when you preach the gospel, it's got to be appetizing to somebody's palate When you live the gospel, it's got to be appetizing to someone's palate. Somebody say praise the Lord. Now here's the truth. This book is offensive enough. This book is rude enough. This book we talked about it Wednesday night. This book has enough judgment in it, Sister Yawn, to make somebody not even want to get out of the bed in the morning. Somebody say praise the Lord. This book is enough to make you feel like a filthy rag because after all, the Bible says the best of the best, the greatest of the great, the righteousness, the most righteous of the righteous is as good as a what? Filthy rag. Come on. If Billy Graham didn't make it to heaven, I I don't know. You know how many millions of people he's brought to repentance? Save all the other stuff, all us all Pentecostals say. Think of all that he's brought to repentance. I can't remember what the figure was, Brother Zach, but it was millions of people that said they were saved, which we know they, they began the step of repentance and the process of salvation. But we also know, what's the Bible say about people that repent? What does heaven do when one sinner comes to repentance? The Bible says that all of heaven rejoices when just one sinner comes to repentance. So whether the revelation was full and complete, that's one thing. But the millions of people that came and said, God, forgive me, I'm sorry, at a Billy Graham crusade, heaven threw a party when they came and said, I'm sorry. I feel a resistance, but that's okay. I feel a little better, but he's Baptist, Brother Heron. Millions of people. We don't know what we don't know the turn that those millions of people took. We don't know if they we don't we don't know. But how many millions of people have come through the doors of an apostolic church and have repented and have been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost and we never saw them again. What's the difference? I I knew that would be a big one for everybody to swallow for just a second, but but I'm, I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. So we, the Word, the book, this thing here is offensive enough and convicting enough 
that the Bible doesn't need us to be offensive to people. If this book offends them, one thing. That's why I can't stand knucklehead preachers that get up and say mean things across the pulpit. That's why I can't stand Christians that walk to Walmart and they, they apostolics, they walk to Walmart and they look like we, they, they just, they just, were just, I mean, they just got done posing for the UPCI Herald. I mean, they just got done and they're walking in Walmart and they just, That's God, I'm, I'm royal priesthood. I don't have to smile. I don't have to talk to you peasants. I am a Pentecostal. I got one person that likes the sermon today at least. The Bible says that's doing no good for any of you. Matter of fact, the Bible says that if you are offensive, not the word, because the word is intrusive, offensive. That word is tough. But the Bible tells you and me that if we are offensive, that it's better for you to tie a rope around your neck, get a cinder block, and hop off a boat in the middle of the ocean. That's what the book says. I told you it was offensive. The Bible says that if we say we are something and we are not that, then we might as well tie a rope around our neck, put a cinder block on it, and jump off the boat in the middle of the ocean. What I want... And what God wants may be two different things. But at the end of the day, God is looking for imperfect people to do a perfect work. The perfect work is really simple. And God has always used imperfect people. And I want to talk about some of the imperfect people that God has always used. Let's first start with the father of our faith. Every child growing up has learned his name and learned his song. Father Abraham has many sons, and I am one of them, and so are you. Uh, Father Abraham has sons, I'm one of them, so are you. Right hand, amen. Left hand. But Father Abraham is the father of our faith. He's a man that walked in faith. He's a man that believed in faith. Amen. But he was a man that cowered down and gave his wife away two different times. He's a man that lied and said, no, mm -mm, not my wife. Brother Coulter, I just would imagine what it would be like one day if you were driving down the road and the cop pulled you over and said, sir, is this your wife? And you said, oh, no, sir, not my wife. Brother Coulter Teal would no longer be with the church. Amen. You'd have to find a new brother, new, new, new brother, amen, to hold down that back row. Hallelujah. We'd, we'd be in trouble. Be a little lopsided. Brother Zach said, I got it. No problem. Don't worry. Amen. 
Brother Abraham was imperfect. He also had some other lusts and other desires and and he also tried to be God in his own kind of way. He was imperfect, but yet God said, that's who I'm going to birth a nation out of. There was Sarah. She was actually the most beautiful woman by popular opinion in, in her whole surrounding area. She told everybody, my husband, he could sleep with another woman. And then she, in, she became bitter and hateful. And we know eventually that led to a woman being cast out of a city into a desert, almost dying until an angel showed up and fed her in the wilderness. Job, who had great faith but, and great wealth, but we sure could look down upon Job and say, Boy, Job, you did something wrong. You didn't have your wife under control. You didn't have your children under control. Poor brother Job, you could have managed your money a little better. You went bankrupt, brother Job. Brother Job was an imperfect man. There's also Isaac who was nearly killed by his father, talked to his wife into concealing their marriage. Rebecca, the first male order bride, turned out to be a manipulative wife. I'm just going through the list. Is that okay? Jacob was known as a pathological deceiver. Rachel was a kleptomaniac. Moses was humble, but Moses also had a serious temper. Miriam was the brother of Moses. She was a songwriter, a great worshiper, but she was jealous and she also talked about ministry because she was related to ministry, so she felt she could talk a bit about it. Samson was powerfully used in the book. He was a powerful man of God, but he was also a womanizer. He also was disloyal to the laws and the rules of God. Let's let's not forget about Eli who ruled over Israel, but he had no control of his children. Let's talk about Saul. Saul was powerful and, and handsome and strong and great. But he also was a maniac. He was angry. He committed suicide. David was a friend of God. David was the greatest worshiper of all time. Today, David has a city that we know as the city of David. But David committed murder and adultery. Solomon, the wisest man in the world, was arguably the greatest womanizer in the history of all mankind. The list goes on and on and on and on. And on. And then here we are. I just read a list. And I'm looking at some people in this church that ain't so bad. Folks, I've come today to tell you 
that the reason God chooses to do his work through imperfect people is because it takes imperfect people to prove his perfect work. The reason God chooses imperfect people to do his perfect work through is because it takes imperfect people to prove that his work is perfect. You see, God's ability to work through us despite our inadequacies is quite impressive. God can use a donkey and so God can use you. Somebody say amen. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, sometimes you try to be a donkey, but God can still use you. Hallelujah. That was a little joke from Pastor Herring today. Amen. Folks, I've come today to tell you that your past doesn't matter. Your tomorrows is what matters. The text that I read to us that God is faithful and just to complete the work. God is able to complete his work and the work that he's going to do through you. If God completed all of creation in six days, I've come today to tell you that God complete his work that he planned in you and however long you got left on earth. God is able, God is faithful, God is just to complete the work. Folks, I feel an overwhelming witness of the Holy Ghost here today telling us, telling us, telling us, telling us that God is able to do it. Now look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, Herring's preaching a little longer today than he usually does. And I'm done for the most part. And I'm I'm completed for the most part. But I want everybody in the building to think inwardly right now. Close your eyes with me and just think. Think about, pull pull all the facade down. Pull all of the shades down. Pull all of that stuff back. And I want you in your mind to think of all your failures and all your faults right now. I want you to think of all your inadequacies, both physically, emotionally, things you battle in the flesh, things you battle in the spirit, things you don't understand. I want you to just process all those things. Hallelujah. I want you to think of every reason why God can't use you. Amen. We don't have all afternoon. Just just do an expedited list. Every reason God can't use you. Every reason why you can't be effective in your community. Every reason you can't be effective in your family. Every reason you can't be effective in the world. Come on, think of all of them. And I hear the word of the Lord saying today, my grace is sufficient. I hear the word of the Lord saying to us, I'm able to complete the work that I began in you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Folks, I've come today to tell you in the Holy Ghost that God 
went into nothing and created everything. And so God can work through all your nuances. God can work through all of your nuances. And God can do a great thing through you. God can make us palatable to mankind. Amen. I want us all to stand today. And I want us to pray this simple prayer. I know that our service is, is a, a little unique today. We're, we're, we're kind of short-staffed. But the word of the Lord is still powerful. And the word of the Lord is still true. And I want us to lift our hands today. And I want us to thank God today. Because he, he's kept us. Hallelujah. Because he's carried us a mighty long way. Come on. Can we do that today? Thank you, Father. God, thank you, Lord, for the work, oh God, that you've planned for me to do, Jesus. Uh, thank you, oh God, for all the things that you desire to work through me, God. God, I ask, Lord, today that you would help me, God, become palatable to mankind, oh God. Uh, Father, because you first loved me, God, I'm going to love others around me, God. Because you were first kind to me, God, I'm going to be kind to others, God. Uh, Father, I'm going to be salt in this world somehow some way I'm going to become palatable oh God to my community oh Lord somehow some way oh God I'm going to become palatable oh God to people around me oh Jesus father I need you God to help me because I am imperfect God but let your perfect love that cast out all fear oh God let your perfect love that cast off all fear oh God overshadow my spirit uh, overshadow my mind uh, overshadow my heart uh, oh God come on God wants to use us for his glory Amen. And God doesn't care about your past. He only cares about the future. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our praise and worship team sang it today in the Holy Ghost. Uh, hallelujah. We're moving forward. Hallelujah. We're moving forward. Hallelujah. We're moving forward. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. We're moving forward. Hallelujah. Come on. Let the Holy Ghost move in your life today. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. Bless the Lord.